What's up, everybody? Welcome back to our third episode of Kind of Credible, The Full Circle. I'm Keegan. I'm Ryan. I'm still Zach. <laughs> and uh, today we have... Uh, What's up, everybody? My name is Rais. I'm all the way from South Africa, and I'm really happy to be here. Dang, happy. Yeah, it's mm. good. So uh, today we're going to let Ryan kind of take the reins oh. here on the, the first intro okay. topic. I guess do we want to let Rais talk a little bit about himself or yeah, that's, that's how cool. we know him? Okay, okay. Um, so like I said, I'm all the way from South Africa. This is my second year here in America. So far, I've been to three states, I think, <laughs> Illinois, Iowa. Where did we go? Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, so that's four. Where did we go for the swim camp? Arizona. Arizona. So I, I've been around a bit, <laughs> traveled the world a little bit. Nice. All right. Good intro. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. That's I'm going gonna, gonna to start us off here with a topic that is uh, affected me very much today. Close um, to your heart. Close to my heart. Uh, we're going to start off with some stocks, which I know Raiz <laughs> has, a, has a somewhat of a passion in. I would just like to say that I'm currently invested in uh, Dave & Buster's and they're down a bunch <laughs> and potentially I might be going bankrupt. So I'm just going to ride it out for the long haul and uh, maybe be out all my money. We'll see. Okay, I mean, so do you want to know my thoughts on that? Or? Yeah, because we, we kind of bring up topics that are tailored to our guests, in a sense. Um, and we know that you are a hustler, for sure. So, I don't know, give us your take on Ryan's investments. And then what you're, like, what you're doing, maybe, that's not giving anything away. But. 100%. Um, well, we look at all the great investors, because you can't achieve anything without research and understanding the field first. So the fact of the matter is everyone sees these people making money on Instagram right away. They tell you I'm investing and I made $3,000 yesterday. That's not the truth. Any person that's ever achieved anything has started off by losing. Any great investor will tell you the first time they started, they probably lost about, I saw one guy lost 13000 his first year and only now he's up. One of my friends makes does quite well in investing and he says you just have to keep watching and learning because then you learn patterns. Nothing will ever hit the first try. That's why everyone always wants a quick fix to problems. They don't want to ride it out for the long run. So I would say regarding investing, I don't know if Dave and Buses is a good investment <laughs> per se. I don't know anything about them. I don't even know who they are. I, I would just like to add previous to this like 30% loss, I was up 300%. I bought them at their all-time low. So I'm still, I've still made money just uh, today uh, hurt my virtual pockets. A little bit. Everybody loves D and Bs. That's for sure. It, mm -hmm. It's an American. It's like, like Chuck E. Stable. Cheese for adults. Okay. Well, I'm half a, price games Wednesdays. He doesn't, he doesn't know what Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, you gave him a poor okay. American reference. He was telling me he wants to go there. Okay. okay. I didn't want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I've seen it on TV. My <laughs> friends keep telling me, Rice, you can't go to Chuck E. Cheese. That's for kids. I'm like, I'm 20 years old. All I want to do is see Chuck E. Cheese at least once in my life. <laughs> that is a. That's a fair statement. Dang. I guess also to add to the little stock talk, uh, I'm also in on Norwegian Cruise Line, which was a big, uh, big uh, um, thing from Raiz that he he gave me the advice on that, the the quick. Oh yeah, definitely. Buy. I bought. I think I bought that at about nine. I got cold feet. It, it jumped up to twenty just before my birthday. That's over a hundred percent gain within a week of owning the stock. But then I got cold feet when it dropped down, so I sold at I think. 11 and it's currently um last time i checked it about 15 so you're still up a decent percentage mm -hmm. i mean you know what anything to lower your costs like mcdonald's two for threes are really great you make some money in the stock market you can go buy a bunch of two for threes that's the way i see it 
Beautiful. Um, I guess moving on, like I kind of have a few things to talk about. We, we'll go. Uh, we'll go on to. Obviously, you said you were from South Africa, so we could uh, talk a little bit about how like differences that you notice, big differences that you notice between South Africa and the U.S. And then potentially, like as a student in the U.S. or at Ambrose, like what's something that you notice being from South Africa? Okay, so I think the most prevalent one would be that you guys drive on the right hand side of the road <laughs> like that's you come into the country expecting i'll adjust i'll just be careful but then you realize there's one ways like one ways are kind of a common thing here more so than compared to home so we were driving in chicago we're driving my dad's driving the car driving a big jeep like your jeep we're like okay cool we don't drive jeeps at home that much this is already weird we turn up the street. We're heading up the street. There's no other cars yet, which is kind of weird for Chicago, so I've heard. So we're heading up the street, and we're just driving, and we're driving, and then these cars start coming towards us. And we're like, why are they on the wrong side? They're like, oh, wait. And then we just <laughs> eat it to the other side of the road. Um, it's been interesting. Um, so that would be the most prevalent one. Then there's a bunch of – you guys have some fast food that we don't have. We got Burger King when I was about 13. So Burger King is like still relatively new to me. Chick-fil-A, we, no, no, not Chick-fil-A. We got our first Popeyes two years ago. Nice. So that's pretty dope. So there's, the food is a bit of a difference. Obviously the accents. I've started saying y'all a lot more than I ever used to back home. We like that. Do you ever yeah. say ope? That's a Midwest thing. I have never heard anybody say ope. <laughs> For real? Listen, <laughs> you just have to listen. People say it all the time. Like you get in someone's way, you're like, oh, sorry. Isn't like that, just, that kind of thing. It doesn't really count as a word. It's just it's, kind of something that comes out of your mouth yeah, a little bit. But it's kind of pre- prevalent more here in the Midwest than most places. 100%. Well, that poses a question. You said it's not a word. My question is, is op a word? And then is oof a word? Because I've had people tell me both are words, and some people say both are just sounds. I don't really, like, no looking this up. This is opinion-based. I would 100% believe oof is a word. I kind of think op is like a sound. Oof is a word. Interesting. They're not really, I mean, they're close, but they're different. Yeah. Different contexts. I'm going to admit to Googling the word ope, and uh, it just confused me more, to be honest. <laughs> so, so I think it is technically a word, but it means something different. Something like open, but it's some kind of different form of it. So, mm. interesting. Who knows? Then, if we want to move on to like the academic side, um, I definitely think our high schools, maybe following the more European system, cover a broader sense of general stuff. I think you guys get the opportunity to focus a lot more in high school into what you want to do when you go to university, which has its advantages. Like you can earn credits for university in high school. That doesn't exist at all back home. You can't further yourself faster by working harder. That's not a thing. So I came here with like no extra credits since I've got some friends that yeah. are almost sophomores <coughs> in their first year. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. But that broad scope also kind of helps with classes because I understand things on a broader level. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an advantage. I can't say for sure. I went to a private school back home. So that is kind of different to government school. If you think I've got broad knowledge, theirs is even broader. So it's just like that. I'm kind of enjoying the focus and the fact that you guys have a gen ed system. We don't have that at university. So I like learning about a lot of different things yeah. and how history can like help me improve my argument skills. I, I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, I know you, uh, you don't exactly know where you want to be after Ambrose, but if you want to tell us a little bit about your career path or plan that you have for yourself, I don't know, that might be something to talk about. Um, ever since I was small, first, the first idea was to be a builder. I was dedicated to being a builder. 
when I was small. You know, when they ask you to draw your future career, I was there drawing the builder. I had the sweat like drawn rock? and everything. <laughs> no. Ah. Like like a construction worker or like a like a fitness model? No, no, yeah. <laughs> not, not a fitness model, no. Like the construction worker kind of builder. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was my original goal. Then I was like, okay, so what are all the cool kids doing these days? And I was like, everyone just wants to be a doctor, so I'm going to just be a doctor. So I decided this when I was like in grade four. And I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. And that was the goal all the way up until I got to university. Then I was like, yo, I, I'm, it's not like I'm not on track to be a doctor. Like I could probably still work the route to be a doctor. But then I asked myself, do I want to be a doctor? Because everyone is open to switching majors. It's so easy to do that here. Change your mind, learn some stuff. So there's that. So right now, I'm a wannabe doctor, wannabe orthodontist low-key hustler that hopes his hustle can out can beat out being a doctor and still a small part of you wants to be a builder correct 100 percent. yeah i am building every single day both as a construction worker and a fitness model <laughs> no strictly construction <laughs> so i guess uh i kind of have well, I have a list of things that I know about you, I guess. Um, and uh, one of those is here at Ambrose. You're actually an RA. So, like, uh, how's that experience been you, for you? I know you're obviously pretty new to it, This just this year being your first year. Um, how's it going? Um, being an RA is a lot of fun. Like, you you spend a lot of time getting to know people. You work on your interpersonal skills, your your leadership skills, which I think is really necessary in, in like the coming future. Um, but ultimately, I'm having a lot of fun with the freshmen. Like, I look back to when I was a freshman and I was a nerd. I did nothing interesting. I just studied, um, made excuses for not going to swimming. Those those are my main activities during my time. So to see the freshmen kind of go crazy, I'm not too strict with them. Like, if it's after quiet hours and they're having a little bit of fun, I'm not going to tell them, stop doing that right now, go to bed. They need to have their fun. That's what college is about. It's part of the vibe. So they need to have that kind of fun. So I let it go. So uh, what I'm hearing is like you probably are up there on the top list of best RAs, basically. Oh, for sure. Almost confirmed. <laughs> for sure. I try to be. I try to be. I try to be good to the guys. Yeah. So I noticed in there uh, you talking about your freshman year. You brought up uh, swimming and how you would make excuses to skip swimming. Uh, any comments on uh, how it feels to be part of the best swim team in the state of Iowa? I have to 100% say Ambrose at the moment is probably one of the most dedicated and focused teams to the grind. I mean, everything with COVID going on, I don't think our team has ever looked fitter. I mean, during quarantine, I don't know if you guys called it that or lockdown. Yeah. We called it lockdown. Um, it's so easy to just eat food, sit there, I'll work out <laughs> later. Three days later, I'll work out later. And it just keeps piling on. But everyone's looking ripped everyone looks focused i think ever i think lockdown gave everyone everyone in the world a time to sit back kind of look at what they've done what they want to do work on themselves rather than just going to work like i don't think i've ever seen my dad relax at home or work on the furniture in our house ever things are broken for years he says you'll fix it never fix it actually fixed it i saw him sand something i learned how to sand things i feel highly achieved <laughs> from sanding huh so uh, quarantine was a good character builder for you then, it seems oh, like. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I got back into shape, um, started reading. I'm a, the one thing I read, one quote that I read that really sticks with me is, the pers- one person will only live one life. If you read, you live a thousand. Mm. And that's, all, that's what gets me to read. And I think it's great. I think everyone should read more. Mm. I, I think agree. we 
we talked a little bit about it, but I uh, I read David Goggins' book this summer, and that was kind of life changing in the sense that um, people can do crazy things, and you have no idea what you're capable of. Um, and like we kind of we've had those kind of conversations before, where um, there's always the easy way out, and kind of quarantine was like in a sense. It was an easy way out. People could have just, you know, sat at home, done whatever they wanted and just said, okay, this is this is what I'm going to make of it. But like you said, I think a lot of people on our team definitely took the opportunity to get better and do something that, I mean, they didn't have an opportunity before, but the quarantine created a sense of not urgency, but like a, a different type of um, motivation. Mo- yeah, motivation, yeah. dedication kind of thing. Listen. Um, David Goggins is insane I try to get his book back home we don't stock it I'd have to order it from America but I was like I'll be there in no time I'll, I'll just buy it when I'm there David Goggins is insane but just regarding what you're saying that people took it as almost like a time to rest and see what you did when you read David Goggins is you took something see people tend to complain that they don't have access to the resources they need to become who they want to become or do what they want to do and I heard Tony Robbins say this, and it was insane. He said, it's not your lack of resources. It's your lack of resourcefulness. And I was like, wow, that's insane. Because it makes sense. Because you just yeah. need to be more creative. What has lockdown done? It's forced everyone to become super creative. Yeah. You are seeing ideas that never would have come out the woodwork, technology that never would have existed without this. And it comes back to when there's, and what's it saying? When there's a need, there's a necessity breeds invention necessity is the mother of invention right i think it's something, it's something like that like that yeah yeah that's i think as much as covid has changed the world it could change the world for the complete better yeah. well and if you look in the sense of uh just everyday life and work for people how many people do you know that would drive an hour just to get to work every day and now that they've spent all this time learning how to work from home companies are saying actually you know we we get stuff done or we get more done when people work from home than when we make them drive to the office. And so I think we're going to definitely see a shift um, in um, production and all these different types of jobs just because of what COVID has done and forced people to you know, work from home. Yeah, I think especially with our generation too, like as we're entering the workforce, like the, the type of jobs are at least like the main type of jobs is going to kind of shift to being not necessarily more free, but like more on the individual to kind of get their work done. And kind of, I guess you kind of uh, mentioned this, but what I was thinking, extending on the people having like motivation to do stuff, it also gave them like time to do stuff mm-hmm. where like you, they would drive an hour to work, work for eight hours, drive an hour home, and then like eat and go to bed, watch shows and then go to bed. Whereas like in quarantine, maybe they got up, worked for four hours, spent four hours like inventing something or learning a new hobby or creating a new passion for themselves with family yeah and it gave them time to create something new for themselves which obviously like we're kind of seeing now the not necessarily repercussions but like the the results of that where a lot of people are coming out with these new great ideas and new inventions and like i'm excited this like obviously we're still dealing with a pandemic but this next year could be great and like the way that the whole world grows, not even just the United States, but like connections made between countries and people. And I think it'll be a interesting time in our lives. It already has been an interesting time in our lives. All of this during an election year. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the United States for sure. Crazy. 
Um, you guys, you your family owns a restaurant, right? Yeah, they they. My mom works for them, and my dad's the owner. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you guys? Have you done anything different over you know break? Like, did you work for them while you were home? Like, how did how did that go? Um. So I didn't help them out. I helped them out with like driving and moving some stuff. They weren't too busy in the beginning because it was really strict in the beginning. Um, but what I did was my mom helped me organize a tutoring position. So I was helping this one child. He was struggling a little bit with math. Not He was in primary school, grade five. Listen, when you go back and relearn long division, you have to relearn long division really quick. But um, grade five is harder than you remember. They, yeah. they are doing things that I remember learning in like grade six and seven. It's crazy. So I, I did that. I was, I was happy to help him. I like teaching. I like helping people. But it just also showed me that I don't know so much if you can teach kids without it not being face to face. Like how do you, maybe that's a market that people need to work on is educating from a distance. Because look at me, I came to America to get educated, but what if we could bring the American system or not even just the American system, doesn't matter which system, to people that want to be part of it more easily, more ready available. Yeah, I think that's I, I, that's a good point you bring up, but I've just heard like kind of the same, slightly different like, so there's a lot of schools here that are making, like, f- or kindergartners and first graders, like, do online learning. And I've heard that that's not gone well because they don't know how to use a computer, like, at all. And so, like, mm-hmm. the work is, like, they have to download something, print it, like, do it, and then scan it and send it back in. And there's, like, they get lost trying to, like, figure out how to click stuff. So that's, like, kind of, I don't know. It's, like, the remote learning, I guess. I think it's been pretty difficult for young children. Really. Yeah, no, definitely. Even for me, when I came to America... Back home, we try to introduce tablets and iPads into our high schools, and everyone hates it. I, I speak for like my entire school. I heard no one that said they enjoyed learning with them. And I had computer class in primary school. After that, I never engaged with the computer. I hand wrote everything. I hand wrote speeches, cue cards. Everything was done by hand. And then I came here, and everyone was just using laptops all the time. I had my, my friends had to teach me how to use Excel and Word in a probably like a primary school level compared to here. So as much as it's hard now, it might be great for the kids of the future to learn how to engage with technology at a much younger age because we can't deny that that's the way the world's going. We'd be kind of ignorant not to embrace the fact that they need to know how to do this. It has its good, it has its bad. I'm not here to discuss the good and bad of technology. I just think that is the future. So isn't this an indication that we should maybe start teaching our kids younger? There are are kids that program at the age of 12 and can program apps. It's cool, yeah. I know my cousin does that kind of stuff, and he's like 13, 14. I can't. Actually, he's a little older than that, but he started when he was that age. But yeah, like with all the new virtual reality stuff, I know um, the engineering department, we used to um, learn how to weld um, like physically here in Galvin downstairs. But now, hopefully next year, we're going to have VR welding. So you learn how to weld without even having to use any electricity without the the dangers but yet you're still learning so using um geez using technology to learn is definitely the way of the future it's just gonna have to be implemented the correct way i think in order to be effective and definitely multi-faceted technology i mean you can teach kids biology with the technology talking about and you think of really underprivileged communities where now, the problem is most of them don't have electricity and it's not that entirely safe to have such expensive tech. But imagine we reach a world where everyone can have this kind of simplistic, multi-functioning technology to learn. You'll just have a far more educated population. And just imagine how far that could take us 
decades from now. Do you think that, because a a thought that I had was the more that technology gets smarter, the less smart the people have to be in a sense that it's just going to be done for them. So why do I have to learn how to do all these things? Is that, I don't know. It's not my like number one opinion. I just, I've heard that get thrown around and there are some times where I definitely think about someone else and I'm like, how did you like how can you think like that like you should have learned this but like think about it in the simple sense of like calculators how many people could just do like easy uh arithmetic but yet they have to punch it into the calculator to make it work that's um, just a rudimentary example don't fight though. him on this but keegan is adding all the dumb people in his classes basically i'm pretty sure i'm definitely that. not but <laughs> okay he's not I know Rais is a genius. I just I just had to throw that out there, you know? Um, just get his opinion on it. You judge a fish on its intelligence to climb a tree, it will always think it's an idiot. So well I, I am accustomed and have learned how to maximize our set education system so that it appears that I am intelligent, but that's just because I know how to work the system. Some people are not designed to work the system that we force everyone into. Education hasn't changed since the Industrial Revolution. What is a school? A school, you look at one from, I don't know how many years ago the Industrial Revolution was, it looks the same. Yeah. So it is in need of innovation. So that, that's a completely different topic though. Let's talk about machines kind of like taking over and making us kind of lazy. I don't think a machine is capable of being creative because we look at like the human mind, our brains far outperform any other computer. Like even the, it's the subconscious tasks mostly that makes us outperform a computer. You're not telling your heart to beat. You're not telling your need to produce something to make it. I haven't taken anatomy. If I had, I'd be spilling out way more intelligent words. But um, at the end of the day, if you can almost remove a human's need to perform tasks that don't inspire creativity, if you can remove that, you're left with an incredible creative center that could take us far beyond what we have now. People thought the horse-drawn carriage would never be beaten by the car, but someone had to, probably someone, probably some guy with a bunch of horse-drawn carriages was like, yo, I don't I've got too many horse-drawn carriages. I'm going to invent something that can do it on its own. And that's, it, it's all about the creativity. I think technology could open us to a whole new world of creativity. This has been a pretty serious topic or yeah. talk. I'm going to I'm going to lighten it up a little and extend on the whole technology thing. So, well, one thing kind of a technology can only be so much without human input is kind of my my thought on that. But if we keep adding like more and more technology and advancing technology, do you think robots will take over the world or is there potential <laughs> for robots to take over the world? Serious serious topic though. Um, see, I look to people that have done what I've done for guidance and I move forward. And unfortunately, I think Elon Musk and Bill Gates said the minute we invent AI, we're kind of screwed. Like AI, they, they fear AI. I don't know why they fear AI. I don't know what specific types of AI because there's AI and then there's like learning algorithms, which I, from what I understand, are kind of different things. And I'm not a tech genius. I Password resetting is a big struggle. So I, I'm not too sure on that. I have one thing for you. And like this is kind of about the creativity thing we were going down. Um, so I was reading something. There's this uh, company. They're a, like a design company, a marketing company, and they do uh, logos. 
and they actually secretly like invented or and created an AI program that on its own uh, creates logos and then they were like passing them off and they said like oh like basically the illusion to people that it was human created and then they basically came out and said no 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 like all these crazy cool designs were created entirely by a computer and they taught it like basically they taught it how to do that and then they said most of them there's like I forget the percentage but the large majority had to be thrown out because they were not good but they like tell it which ones are good and then it learns from that and then it grows so it's kind of like yeah it learns but that's like an example small example but this computer itself is like creating things creatively like well, that was a dumb sentence well, but yeah, you know what I'm saying it's, yeah and then it has like a human input to like actually confirm yeah, right. it though yeah but and that's the thing the smarter it gets the less it needs the input because then it learns that it's already created something and then like that's it grows on itself in that way unfortunately it, it is really cool but I watched I also saw something the problem is that that kind of coding has human bias coded into it. Right, it's, right. It's not, as much as it is cool and the machine does learn, we input, we, we tell it what's good. Exactly. What if we tell it what's good for us but not good for someone else? So in everything we create, there will be flaws. I don't think we're designed to be perfect or create perfection. We are not here to do that. But that is in essence, what gives us meaning and like need to be creative because you create something Definitely. that's imperfect and then someone else comes along and says, yo, can I make that a little bit better? And that's what we just keep doing. We'll just keep making things better, keep reinventing till I have no idea till when, what, what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, we had a conversation with Dr. Alzine last week, uh, the new head of the engineering department and our project for senior design, he wants us to do something with a robot. And he's a big, big, big um, advocator for uh, computer learning or like AI in a sense. Um, but basically what he, he kind of hinted at was, you know, robots are great, but there's only so much they can do because there's only so much that we, we can give them to do. There's right. always a restriction. And that's, I think, the difference, difference between like AI and like uh, computer learning is that computer learning, there's restrictions. AI, it's kind of like we're giving it free reign to do whatever we want. Um, but in the, for the question about whether or not robots will take over the world, uh, he, he gave this example and I never even thought about it, but if you, if you look at your index finger, uh, for a second and you have, um, you know, you can bend the very tip of it. That's one axis. Then you can bend it at your, like right before your knuckle, that's two axis. Your knuckles three, your wrist makes four, your elbow's five, and your shoulder is six. So there's six axes, axes there <laughs> that um, if you were to try to, um, to code a robot to do that same thing, just moving your finger in a sense like all the way around whatever you want, that's a lot of code. And that's, that's just for one finger. Think about doing that for all of your fingers, say, like every single ligament or, you know, every part of your body that's going to require so much work that i i don't think it would take it would take ages in order to figure out something like that so i know there's robots that emulate human mobility but yeah, prosthetics and such yeah but nothing to the sense of what we have now well so, oh, um look at us we took decades of genetic engineering and alterations any anything good takes time 
So we'll work on it. We'll keep working on it. We'll make things better. We, I, I'm a big believer, not me, maybe not me personally, but my grandfather, he said he believes humanity is so inventive and intuitive and we, we will always find a way to survive. Like things can get as bad as they want to get. We will find a way. There's a quote from Jurassic Park, you know, <laughs> life always finds a way. Exactly, exactly. We will. I like that. Hope is the only thing that really keeps us going when things are dark. So you got to just keep heading forward on that. Yeah, I guess kind of going back to what Keegan was saying and bringing up another pretty good movie, in my opinion. Um, I've seen iRobot. And <laughs> that's Smith. with Will Smith. That's kind of what I think, you know, like maybe that'll happen. But hopefully we have like a Will Smith kind of character that just takes care of it for us. So like we don't really have to deal with it. But I'm not fighting those robots Really? That's all I'm saying. Hopefully, it's like my great 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 grandkids' problem to deal with, and like you know, you know, maybe those <laughs> oh, robots gosh. will be like uh, fifth graders or something. Then they'll be really oh, easy for no. you. Oh, you, that's true. I can take a lot of fifth graders. Did Keegan just say he wants to go fight fifth grade no. robots? Um, so for the listeners, they'll follow. Hopefully, if, if you've been listening to our uh, previous podcasts, Ryan actually thinks he can what did you say you you think you could take first, on 20 at hold a time on. at first he was bold enough to say it was an infinite, infinite. number of but fifth graders which was ridiculous guaranteed but we 20. talked him down guaranteed 20 but if they have like if they're robots that's a totally different story because like how do you yeah, how do you beat one i don't know I, I don't know don't you just throw some water on it i don't know that's in that's the movies true. dude they have a they have a weakness right there or just hit the power button my they're iPhone's probably, waterproof. Hit the power button. They're probably even easier than real oh fifth my graders. Gosh. <laughs> and let's move topics. Yeah. I have, if you want to go a totally different route, I have a proposed one that we could go for. Give me the shoot, green light shoot. on that. Okay, go boys. So the other night I had a conversation with my, my, or some of my friends and I was very adamant about this. I want to get your input for all of you. I think all water tastes different. And I'll go into that. I know this is a t- common like, conversation. So I was getting crap the other day because I told some people that occasionally I buy Voss water. First of all, let me say, I buy that because of the Adam Sandler Grown Ups movie. And when that came out... Do you out, have Voss water? Yeah. And they're like, no, we have tap. <laughs> so that, like, that's when I tried it. To be clear, it's only like 30 cents more than Aquafina, And it's way better. Also, I watched, and I know Ryan did as well, Zac Efron's show. And in the second episode, he goes to Lourdes, which is super cool. And he talks a lot about water. And like the minerals in water, the chemicals that go into cleaning water in America, so on and so forth. Anyways, all these people I was talking to the other night said Dasani, Aquafina, tap water, Voss water, smart water, tastes the same. And I thought they were crazy. So I'm going to, and you guys are welcome to come, have a water taste night where I'm going to like hide which ones they are and then have everybody taste the waters. But I want to get your thoughts on water as simply as it gets. Well, let's be honest. All water does taste different. Thank you. Yes, this is it this does. is this is the yeah. truth. Okay, everybody here is on board. Good. I think we all agree. I think it's also because like we're athletes. Like you know, after after like a hard workout, you want that ice cold water. Mm. After if you're just chilling and you vibe and you want some water, you kind of want that a little bit below room temperature, so it's still refreshing and not too on the nose with the heat. So then then it can kind of be different because sometimes certain brands are better ice cold, some aren't better ice cold. He can take a sip of his hydro flask. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that all water is different. And I, I've just noticed when I'm home and then I come here, I'm like, oh, this tastes really weird. Like, I, it's very recognizable. Um, but I just want to point out that Zach brought a Voss water bottle. Glass. That's glass. glass. 
to a pool for practice. Um, this is thick glass. I did it as well. I knocked it over the one day and it broke. Was, Yours broke? I was very sad. Was that here or was that at home? It was back home, but I, oh. bought, I bought it in Cyprus. Dang. It was a, so, it was a sad day. So what did the pool do when uh, the glass broke? Even if it was a thick glass bottle. I have to point out, Voss did not shatter. It just broke. So I just picked up the pieces and I threw it away. Because Voss is quality. Thank you. I'm 100% on board with Raiz here. And look at the aesthetic. That bottle. It's so cool. It's a vibe. You can make it a decoration in your room if you really wanted to. I had one since freshman year. There was a decoration. And then I lost my only water bottle. So I started drinking out of it again. To which Keegan was not happy with me for using it. But see, Voss kind of gives you that reusable, still up in there kind of aesthetic. Because you can reuse a bottle you've just bought. I understand cool. that. That's glass. totally fine. Hold to on, reuse, right. just not at a pool. All right, all right, all right. I hear you on that. Anyways, Rice, they stopped doing glass like in most places here in America now. It's oh. like just a plastic. It's the same shape of the bottle, but it's like you can't really find the glass ones anymore, which is a bummer. I would just so like don't to break it. <laughs> yeah, don't melt it. He means. Oh, are you talking about the glass one? Yeah. Sell it on stock X. Upcharge three hundred percent. I would like. I would just like to add that I also believe all water tastes different. And actually, just today, um, I was swimming at the swimming pool, and I tasted some of the water at the pool, and it tasted very different from most water that I drink. I'm not exactly sure why, but it just didn't taste the same. It's not like it has chlorine in it or anything. Yeah, I don't know the water we drink. I, I don't know. Yeah, so like it just, oh, yeah, a bunch of it just tasted different to me, and fluoride it tasted really. different than my personal favorite water. Um, which Zach's gonna hate is actually Dasani. Get out of here! I like Dasani too. Okay, still better than Aquafina. I think. Are you guys on board that that's like the bottom? From at least from my perspective, it tastes like I metal act, or I chemicals. I actually really don't care as long as <laughs> as long it's as it water doesn't taste terrible. I'm okay. fine. And All right, it, I agree. If it hydrates me when I'm working out, that's usually that's I'm true. Okay with I, it. I don't want to sound like a snob here. Like I want to identify that there's a difference and there's better quality waters, but like I drink the water out of the sink in my apartment here, which is probably horrible. It, I mean, it doesn't taste great, but it's fine. I think any water cold kind of tastes a lot better though. You oh, up yeah. it quite yeah, a lot temperature. cold. But I agree with you that like sometimes you want it to be cold and sometimes you just want it to be like room temperature. It hits differently. Exactly. I don't know. I've kind of, when I came to America, I had the tap water and I was like, yo, I'm feeling it. So I was like, okay, just force yourself to drink tap water every day and you'll adjust and then you'll like it. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of all I thought. I just think it's a fun conversation. I'm glad, like, I guess it's less interesting because we're all on board and I don't get to try and convince you guys otherwise. I'll just, I'll just (laughs) add that I think you care too much about water. No, I just think it's identifiable that there's a difference. Like, it's just crazy to me. It's like if someone said, all pop tastes the same, which, I don't know, like, you wouldn't say, like, that would just be a silly thing to say. I don't drink pop, so I wouldn't know. Grudge matches, Coke versus Pepsi. Should there be pineapple on pizza? (laughs) Wait, is that your question? No, there's multiple here. He's just keep, he's just going to rapid fire different questions. I just can't remember anymore after this, too. Let's go Coke, and I'm okay with pineapple being on pizza, but I don't prefer it. Same answer. I don't drink pop. Like I said, but I think I would prefer Coke over Pepsi. And yeah, I'm cool with pineapple on pizza. Okay. I'm vegan. I don't drink pop. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we all spend too much time with each other because we all just agreed on yeah. the same thing. Yeah, that's true. We kind of know. 
going into this. We're no, I take it back. Pepsi. I hate all people that <laughs> like Coke. <laughs> okay. That's a little too far. You probably like Sierra Mist over Sprite, too. I had Sierra Mist the other day. I think they might have turned me. It's got more of the lime. I feel like Sprite is more lemon than lime, and Sierra Mist is more lime than lemon. That's okay. the vibe I got. I'm just asking this because I don't really know. Does McDonald's Sprite taste differently than normal Sprite? Yes. And I just want to also acknowledge that I realize this whole conversation is silly. Like, the fact that we're able to sit here and have this conversation, like, that's, that's fun. But, yes, I'd say so. I don't really know why. But everyone says, like, the word is, like, zap, which, if you've had McDonald's Sprite, makes sense. Zap? Yeah, they, like, say it's, like, I don't know. Or zip, like, it's more zippy. Oh, zap okay. is like, now you sound zap is straight up electricity yeah you get zapped by electricity <laughs> but a drink is zippy race keegan care uh, I, I have don't to you try to turn yeah, them on me i don't know Ooh. i'm just gonna let those two take it you know because um, he doesn't drink pop yeah exactly <laughs> i <laughs> we're we're trying to we're in the process of figuring out our uh, instagram and twitter pages here soon so um, if you guys have any opinions on this and would like to share them, please feel free to send them in or, uh, or send us your hot takes of other, other yeah. stuff. Yeah. You want to know what I have an opinion on? I do. Dave and Buster's stock. Everyone <laughs> go buy it as high as you possibly can. $100, $200. You can put in whatever bid you want. Just talk about it on every social media say it's worth a lot of money isn't it'll it, be a great investment isn't that illegal no i don't think so I'm, he's not big enough for it to be illegal <laughs> i'm just telling everyone to like you know buy enjoy it. yeah just buy a stock it's dnbs isn't this exactly what happened in the wolf of wall street mm, anyways yeah, yeah we're so not going there just do what you want on the stock market don't listen to me but <laughs> dnbs okay well um like Hegan said instagram twitter will be coming soon uh I want to let you guys all know that we'll set up an email as well. You can fire us your fun little questions that way. Um, however, it's that time of night where I'd like to thank KAOLA for letting us come in, use the studio, use the recording equipment, and doing all the producing for us. So thank you to them, and special thank you to Dave as well. Uh, the man, I shall say. Um, and go ahead, keep listening to us on SoundCloud now. We'll be on Spotify, Apple, and wherever else you want to listen to your podcasts. Pleasure doing business with you.